Hello chaps and chapettes, welcome back to another episode of the Guitar Geeks podcast. Thank you for coming back and listening to us. And if you are a new listener here, welcome. My name is Josh Castle, I'm the host of the Guitar Geeks podcast, a guitar related podcast that is unedited and unfiltered for your enjoyment. Uh, so today, this week, uh, we have somebody that with coming out with some smashing drums, some slapping guitars and riffs full of gurn. And this is the wonderful Ben Daly of Black Mountain. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I ain't too bad. I ain't too bad. I can't complain. It's my first day of two weeks off, so I'm, oh, I'm loving you. life right now. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so how has things been uh, in your life in music and in general at the moment yeah things are pretty good um i haven't i haven't really been well it's hard to say really because i've been working on a lot of a few different projects at the same time which is something that i'm really bad for doing um so i've got like three things on the go at the moment um so they're all going quite well they're a little bit slow starting at the moment uh, I've had the Black Martin thing going for a few years, obviously, as, as you probably know. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to crack on and, and do what we can in between, you know, holding down a job. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's got to come first, unfortunately. That's that's still the, the world that we live in. But uh, yeah, that's it's just one of them things that when I can, that's what I'm in here trying to work hard. <laughs> that's it. Like, I, like, I'm thinking, right, you know, I've got X to do then i've got oh i've got to do this as well and then i've got this to do and then before i know you've got 10 projects on and you haven't yeah. even finished project one <laughs> well you've just done the, the, the 10 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so we'll get an intro, uh, some introductions going so we'll uh let's hear a little bit uh, about yourself what you do and so people are aware who you are yeah so obviously my name's ben daly uh, i've been playing guitar probably I'll be over 10 years now. Um, it was my, my first instrument. Um, learned to play at primary school and, and then the rest was just history. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I started off playing your regular sort of stuff, blues and stuff like that, and then sort of moved on and, and found Green Day, which once once I found them, that was it for me. I was power chord central, you know, sling the guitar right low, um, <laughs> you know, gelled up air, all that sort of business. Um but yeah, obviously, like I say, they were a main influence for me. Um, and obviously then I just listened to them nonstop for, for years um, before broadening my horizons and, and seeing more people that were out there, more bands and more genres. But now it's obviously, it's, it's an absolute whirlwind. My, my taste is such a whirlwind in music. Um, so it, I can't pin myself down to a certain thing, which is, like I say, why, why I have all these different projects going because there's so many avenues to explore for me. And I feel like I want to, I'm like, yeah, I've done that. Now I want to do something else. I want to do a different style. I want to evolve it. Or I want to do something in that sort of category, you know. Um, so We're both kind of in that category of, well, age demographic where the, like, the pop punk uh, sort of uh, early 2000s. <laughs> my dog's just knocked over my microphone stand. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Unedited and unfiltered, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. I told you we bring you <laughs> premium content here on the Guitar Geeks podcast. Of course, of course. Uh, so, yeah, as I was saying, that um, you and 
me both were kind of as we got into our like teenagers where that pop mm. punk uh vibe with things like blink 182 and green day paramore my chemical romance you know that whole yeah. that whole sort of cluster of bands kind of became almost synonymous to sort of our yeah definitely definitely yeah it's one of those as well like you just the sort of bands that you get into when you're growing up and you sort of just stick with them for life, I think, because the the part of your formative years, especially as, a, as a, if you're a musician as well, I think it impacts a lot on your playing. Um, so it sort of just sticks with you and there's always something that you can go back to and you'll notice something else from, from your favourite record or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the... I think there's a lot of people, especially guitar players, who did start in that sort of, you know, early 2000s pop punk sort of, sort of scene and it's just carried on <laughs> and it's gone out of control. The one that you always kind of come across is Blink-182. Blink-182 is always that yeah. kind, you know. I think it's almost like the go-to band, you know. You've got people that, you know, if they play bass, it was Mark Hoppus. And then if, you, mm-hmm. you know, drums, it was Travis Barker. But then if you was a guitarist, it was always kind of, you know, either Tom DeLonge or it was um, Billy Joe kind of. That's right, yeah. Um, Definitely, because they're quite iconic <clears throat> players as well. Not even just the music, the performance they do on the stage is, you know, I mean, you look at them now, they're touching 50 and they're still jumping and, and you know, acting like, you know, whatever. I won't say it, but, it, you know, they're acting like they're, they're 12 again. I'll, I'll do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but it's, it's, it's great to see that because you, you look at their shows now, you look at a show from like last week or whatever, because they're still touring. And then you look at one from like the early 2000s or the 90s and it's just as as manic as it was back then. Do you know what I mean? It's still, there's still, yeah. you know, flames going everywhere, drum kits being smashed up and all that sort of business. I remember when... I because Green Day again was kind of you know one of those first bands when everyone was like talking about American Idiot and then mm. that that album was I think there wasn't a single iPod shuffle that didn't have <laughs> that didn't <laughs> yeah. have American Idiot on oh yeah hundred um, percent <laughs> I remember um, watch uh, watching later with Jules Holland and I remember when they uh, they did. I think they did do uh, they did basket case they did American Idiot and they did I think it was Boulevard of Broken Dreams I think I can't yeah. remember mm. and I remember just Billy Joe giving it some sending the mic stand flying and just yeah I've seen the of, video yeah yeah <laughs> and it kind no. of that so pretty much summed up what the um, the teenaged angst years were kind of like for us oh yeah definitely definitely. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> How much did, uh, so kind of like when you then started to play guitar, build, you know, and then kind of building that story? Because you're not behind you, you know, there's Telecasters, there's Strats, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, pretty much iconic in yeah. in that sort of image. So when you started, was it literally, I want a Strat, you know? Although it was the Argos special or whatever it was at the time. <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. It was the Argos special. I think the, the brand was Acoustic Solutions, which is even better. Um, <laughs> and the amp was it was a matching amp that you'd get better get better sound out of your phone speaker these days. Do you know what I mean? But it was it was a start. I mean, I got it and I didn't even know how to play the guitar at the time. It was that that early on. So it was just strumming the strings and just making a lot of noise and annoying everyone in the house. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, it started off with that little number. That was, that was a nice little, uh, nice little guitar to start with. 
Yeah, I, I was. I had the. Uh, I think it was Epoch, Epoch Les Paul or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And yeah. <laughs> it was just like the. It was. I, I could have like got a hubcap with six strings on, and it probably would have played better than that thing did. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, when you so kind of when you was younger, was there a lot of music going around the house? You know, was music a big part of your life growing up? It, it was, yeah. There was always sort of well, it would have been MTV back in the nineties, but um, back when it was good, y- yeah. Uh, and I probably missed the good parts of it because I'm only twenty two myself, so um, I've probably missed the, the best parts of that sort of thing. But it was I, don't, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was a music channel. It was always on. And that's where I found that you know the likes of Green Day, Blink, um, Paramore, Scuzz, that sort of stuff. Scuzz TV. I remember that was could one have of the been ones when could I was have I think one of them evolved into like it was called Viva or something like that. It had a few different <laughs> names. Um, it was hard to keep up with them, but they were they were great because they showed the music video as well. So you'd see the guitars and you'd think, oh, I want to play something like that, or you know, you know, you want to do something like that. And it was really inspiring at the time. Well, still now to be fair, but yeah, at the t- you know at the time it was like, oh, this is amazing. Was um, kind of at school, there was, you know, you had the people that were into, you know, let's say their, their R&B or hip-hop mm-hmm. and you kind of had, you had the skaters, you had the emos. Um, how was your music life around that? Because, you know, you kind of then you go, oh, you play so-and-so, well, I play guitar and then you, mm. you just kind of snowball from there. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, from from my sort of, I don't know, early teenage years it was a very mixed bag and that's just progressed even like worse to be honest like it's just way even more varied now um but yeah like i say it started it with the sort of the bluesy sort of stuff eric clapton was a big one um which the guy can play ridiculous do you know what i mean um but yeah so it started off with that sort of thing and then you know you get a little bit older and you explore more bands so arctic monkeys uh food fighters um people like that and then you just sort of, you know, you, you get into your music class at school and you're like, oh, I can play, the, oh, you know, this song, oh, I played, I have a go at playing the drums and that sort of thing. And then you just keep it going from there. Um, but yeah, there's many occasions where they ran sort of an extracurricular thing where you'd you'd get put into groups, after, you know, at the end of the school day and you'd just sit there for an hour and have a, have a jam and then you'd be like, oh, you can play such a thing by such a band. And then you'd just keep playing it for about an hour and annoy everyone else in, in the rooms who, who couldn't get on with it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, it... it at school, it definitely was a mixed bag for me. Like I say, obviously my 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 stack. Oh God, what's happened there? That was the dog <laughs> just absolutely shooting off to try and take a pigeon now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but no, yeah. So it's from from quite a young age. It was it was into all sorts of music, like you say, the R and B sort of stuff, um, even the heavier sort of stuff as well at that time. Um, but yeah, you know, all sorts, all sorts was going on. Yeah, it was. You was always kind of seen as that if you wasn't into, say, Slipknot or you know Stone Sour, people looked at you really weird. And then you was kind mm. of like, oh, you only like Green Day or you only like yeah, Blink. yeah. Because um, where you're from, Blackpool, you know, it's let. Let's be honest, it's not a a overly huge music scene over there. No. It's it, you know, it's not very often where, you know, well, to be fair, I've never seen bands come over and say, oh, we're playing Blackpool, you know. No, of. no, we always get skipped. Um, and I don't, I don't know why that is. I don't know, because there's, there's venues, um, 
you know, but it's it more caters for the the cabaret and the the show more sort of stuff, you know, show tunes and things like that. Um, so, but yeah, there isn't a proper a music venue. It's more sort of little clubs that you would find, you know, the grassroots sort of places. Um, it's not it's not a big sort. Of, the closest place would probably be Manchester because even Preston, yeah. that's that's sort of a halfway house for me between Preston uh, between Blackpool and Manchester, and that gets skipped a lot. Because um, it's got to have been quite difficult because you know it, when bands would come round like Slipknot, Green Day, Paramore, Blink, etc. You know, mm-hmm. especially being from there, it's, it makes it even more difficult to then kind of go and see those you know those bands for yeah the first time, especially when you're you know fourteen, fifteen, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, where it means the absolute world. I mean, it still does now, but back then it's like the biggest thing. You know, if you go into a gig at that age, it's like, oh my God, this is going to be the best day of my life sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's when you've got to travel that far for it, especially when you're relying on parents and things like that, it's it's a whole nother, you know, you've got to get over, can we go? Can you take me? It's at this date, this time. We're going to come back at, you know, stupid o'clock in the morning. Um, so it makes it very hard. But yeah, it's, it's you know, where this area is the music scene, it's either... You're into rapping, and you like making the videos online. I'm sure you you're aware of the ones that I mean. Yeah, it's the um, SoundCloud, you know, special, shall we say? Yeah, um, or or you you you're trying to reach a further field and and get into the cities and stuff like that, which will, you know, you'll get get on there a lot better. Um, but it's just one of them things you can't you can't help where you live um, unless you want to move. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember, I, I think I, the last time I came up to Blackpool was when I was when I was playing a gig up there, and albeit kind of, you know, it was in February. It's a very, I mean, if you listen to the podcast and you don't, if you're not from the UK and, and you don't know what Blackpool is, it's kind of like the, uh, the you know, you'd think of the sea sort resort sort of town. But yeah. imagine, imagine that, but extremely run down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit, you know, certain certain areas of it, especially along the front, it's like a very shit Las Vegas um, <laughs> that you've ordered from Wish and it's had to come through another distribution company. It's half broken when you got it and that sort of stuff. Um, it's No, it's, it, it is run down. It needs, it needs, you know, renovation and things like that. And it needs a bit of money spending on it. But there's the mindset here where, you know, if you don't like such a thing, you're at, you know you're out sort of thing. You're out. You're a social outcast. If you don't dress this way, you're out. It's it's a very small small town mindset that then crosses <clears throat> over into the music as well. But you know, um, about you know a few t- 10, 15 years ago, from what I've heard, it was it was all right for for live music. You know, you had a lot of local bands doing pubs and stuff, and there was quite a circuit around here. Um, but you know, nowadays it's more restaurant bo- uh, focused. So a lot of the old band pubs are now it's, well, we want to watch the sport and we want to have the food and we want to do this and that. Um, so the focus on the live music drops and then you've got no venues to play, um, which is sad. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, it's weird because they can go from having, like you say, nothing in terms of bands. You know, you'll have the, uh, the odd, like, you know, Robbie Williams tribute, etc. or And then they can go from one extreme of that and then they're hosting like NXT UK and in Blackpool mm. and stuff like that. It's it's a very yeah. um, stark contrast, I think, as to different sort of lives 
in, yeah. in Blackpool. Yeah. You get plenty of tribute acts. I'll tell you that. Plenty of tribute acts. If you want a tribute yeah. act, this is where you need to come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can vouch for that because I've been there and done that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's hard for us, you know, to talk about guitars, music, gear without talking about, you know, certain few references here being Rabia, Rob Chapman, Chapman Guitars, because ultimately, uh, you know, they were the the way that we we kind of both met and and um oh have we lost i think we've lost ben Okay, I have no. I don't idea know what, what happened, happened there. Then. You uh, you started and and you didn't finish. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's all I got I, there. I, I just seen your face just kind of pause, and I was like, okay, one of us is getting disconnected. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so start again. Um, yes. So it, it's hard for us to kind of converse and not talk about some big inspirations like Chapman guitars, Rob Chapman, Rabia Basar, because ultimately mm-hmm. that was kind of the way that I think we found each other. That's right, and, yeah. And to be honest, I can't. I remember it was something over that I think oh, on shit. the Chapman Guitars forum, from what I can vaguely remember. But it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's been a blur. But there's been a lot of people that have kind of been in that pool where they have been kind of hugely inspiration, inspirational for a lot of people. Um, and everybody's got a different story. So, kind of, how was this for you? brought you to them uh oh that is a very good question um let me have a think now it was definitely through Dorje. i know that much that was the first that was the gateway to the group um yeah it must have been in fact no it might not have been no i think it was a it was one of the anderton's videos possibly a um shoot out between like a squire classic vibe and a whatever um you know a fender sort of cheaper fender model or it could have been who can get the best rig for this amount of money it was one of those which then obviously you've got rob and lee in them videos and then you think well rob's a really great player he must be in a band or he must be doing something online because he's got the personality for it you know he knows how to talk to a camera and all that sort of stuff um, and then obviously it's listed in the description or it was on his channel at the time. So then you look at that and then you get this massive thing of Chapman guitars over here, Dorje, and then you see Rabia and Dave and Ben and all them sort of people. And then you sort of just get hooked into it because there's so many different things going on in one place. Um, so yeah, then it, then it was straight onto Dorje, uh, probably a studio diary or something like that because that's what I was really into at the time. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've watched the tour videos over the years. Just what, even though I know I've seen them all, you watch yeah, them again because just just, them, yeah. just just the entertainment value is is just great. You know, you can there's years out of them videos, and they bit you know they, some of them were like 2012, 2013, 
like 10 years ago and you're still re-watching the same video. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's... It, but you know, when they're some... recording, was it two week and they're in like a bathroom or something like yeah. that? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Or else? Yeah, it was the... Uh, that was the first DP they did. Um, yeah. With the with Aeromancy on it. That was it. Yeah, it was in like a... Sort of like a lock-up or something. Um, yeah. It was an interesting place to record, a dr- you know, for drums, but it sounds great. <laughs> so I don't knock it. I think it kind of... It kind of gave a lot of life to people that were trying to, you know, that were doing, you know, the, the YouTube thing and trying to do covers at home. And, yeah. And it kind of, it really cemented that you didn't need to have a stu- access to a recording yeah. contract or a studio. 100%. 100%. And as much as, you know, there's a lot of people that have different kind of views on Chapman and Chapman guitars and etc. You know, but you'd also argue that a lot of the communities that exist now would not be here because you know, yeah, because of because of yeah, that. definitely, yeah. Um, I think I think yeah, you've you've hit the nail on the head there. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of hate that spawned off the back of Rob and Chapman uh, guitars, obviously. Um, but I think some of it is definitely un, unwarranted because he's worked unbelievably hard um, to get where he is. Um, and the guitars speak for themselves. I mean, you know, we both play Chapman guitars. We've, I've, had, I've got an ML1, the first, uh, the, when they readed the, the designs and stuff yeah. a few years back, the V1. Um, and I had a, a, a Rabia signature, the first ML3. Um, signature and they were great they were great guitars you could, couldn't fault them in any way um well built and even because you've got obviously the signature models they, they cost a fair amount of money so you expect a good guitar for the money but then you, you're more budget models like the ml1 that you know someone might pick up as a first guitar and you might think well such a brand is doing this and there's defects and there's there's problems with it nothing i've used it to record i've used it everywhere that you could think and it's 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 not skipped a beat, so I think yeah, they speak for themselves. I, I've seen the videos of you playing a Lumo and stuff on the Chapman, and, and the sounds mm-hmm. just in the pocket and and there. Um, I got my ML One beer purely from I traded a Victory cab that I had because I moved into a flat, and they were like, no, mm. "You can't bring that," and I was like, <laughs> and the guy was like, "Oh, I got a Chapman guitar if you want it," and I was like, "Okay, bring it here." and I mean, it's the cheapest guitar I own, but it's also the best guitar. Yeah, sometimes that's that. That's just how it is. Yeah, they don't have to uh, be mega money. They can be. They can be really cheap, and if they play good and they sound good, then why why trade it in and give it? You know, get something that's going to cost you a lot more money, and that you're going to be more worried about. You know, if you're on stage, especially. Um, it's, yeah, I think, yeah, it's one of them because you can spend so little on a guitar and you can put stuff in it, you can build it up, you can make it into a bit of a project uh, and they can sound phenomenal for, for little money. So we, we've touched on it. We'll talk album, EP, whatever you, you want to call it because I was kind of conversing with you as it as it all started, I think I remember a fair few years back and it was like yeah. odd little drum samples here, um, here and there. And it kind of, you know, not spiraled out of control, but then, you know, it, you know, piece added to piece, added to piece. And, mm-hmm. um, here we are. And I, it's one of my favorite tunes cause it's very, 
very Tesseracty, very Dorje esque. There's elements of like the ambient style mm-hmm. of Tusker. It's got a lot in it for the track, and Alfie did a fucking immense work on the on the solo. Unreal, honestly. I, I sent him, I sent him the the section that I wanted him to um, solo over, and we've I've spoke to I've known Alfie for probably a, a year or two at maximum. Um, and we've just sort of spoke here and there over Instagram and things like that. And I sent him this this track and I thought, well, do you want to get on it? Do you want to do a little solo? Because lead isn't, it's not my thing. Writing lead parts, I struggle with it quite, quite a lot. Um, I'm way more into the, A, the production of it and, and B, the, the, the riffs. Um, I finally, because I'm not a fast player. So I can't always do it. He's <laughs> learning solos for me. It's a big task, which is you know it's it's because I don't I don't practice enough. But um, yeah, the, the solo that he did on that was I got the I got the the raw tracks through. And he did one with effects through his pedal board and one without. And I listened to the one without first, and I was like, that's that's brilliant. I can really do something with that, and it's going to sound amazing. And then I listened to the one with the effects, and I thought, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to produce it. I don't need to. EQ it it's perfect and it just fits so nicely in the track to finish it off I couldn't be more happy with it so shout out to Alfie (laughs) yeah it it was when I was listening to it it absolutely fitted the 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 purpose of the song yeah because the way the drums go with uh, the guitars it's say it's very tesseracty kind of um, like luminary uh, Eden style, yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Esque yeah. of riffs, and then yeah, they've got the the clean ambient sort of patch, and mm-hmm. like I said, the solo. Um, and I'd be interested to hear actually how your writing process worked for it. Uh it was a weird one. I was I was up really late one night, um, watching Mr. Robot, the TV series. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Um. I've not and, watched it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I was sat there watching this thing. Not even, even in the mood to write, or didn't have a guitar in hand or anything like that. I was just sat at my desk watching this, this thing. And one of the characters in the show, the main character is called Elliot. So one of the, the other characters went, "Who do you think I am, Elliot?" And there was something in my head that just went, "That's a great name for a song." Don't know why, but I like it. So then this beat just came to me out of nowhere, drum beat. So I. Got the laptop going, opened up GGD, started putting it in, and it just I just ran away with it, just completely ran away with it for a couple of hours, tweaking the drums, getting them sounding nice, and just getting them sounding like they were a proper because you can do MIDI drums and they sound a bit flat um, yeah. and and a bit robotic. So I had to get it just right, and then I just hit a wall with it for about two or three months. Um, opened the project up in here. Um, one afternoon and just came up with that riff um just out of nowhere just just playing along there was no sit down and you know let's get the scale book out or anything like that it was pure feel which is what i do with 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 my writing process it's very rare that i actually write anything down it's rare that i'll make a demo what you what you hear in the final tracks is the original um you know what i mean it's it's the, the the projects stay the same, yeah. Um, so I'll I'll write in the project, I'll mix the in the project, and it'll all be one. I master it in the same place. Um, so it is it is bad because you can do a track, 
in an afternoon, come back to re-record the parts when you're less fatigued with the with the fingers. Because if you're going all afternoon, you've had it. You know, by the time sort of eight o'clock rolls around, you're knackered. Um, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, um, I think we've all been there and done that one because it's it's a it's it's a bad error that you can make. Um, is just overdoing it in one day. But yeah, I came back to it and there was I couldn't remember how to play the where the break where that breakdown starts. Um, where it gets a bit heavier and a bit more tesseracty and and the the synths coming in the background, um, where it gets to use the scientific term stank. Yes, the the stank section. Yes, um, it, I forgot completely what I played. I was listening to it for about forty five minutes. Sat there just just playing it on on a guitar, just trying to figure out what exactly I did because it was all in the moment and it was just like a burst of of creativity that came from nowhere. Um, so that's the downside to it is forgetting the parts because I don't make demos and things like that. Um, it just goes straight in, which I don't know whether that shows more amateur side to what I do. Um, but it's just the process that I go through when I'm, when I'm making a track. Yeah. Like for, cause obviously I'm writing my own one at the moment myself and mm-hmm. it's weird cause I was speaking to Phil Dyer about some of mine and he was like, how do you write it? And I was like, well, I'll do the drums first. Like, I'll take just like, I usually just get like a, a four for template. Yeah. And then I'll I'll start fiddling with bits of sections and, you know, just start changing, you know, oh, let's add double kicks there, blah, 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 blah. And then before I know it, like you say, you've got a full project. Mm. And it's like, okay. And then you just loop the one section. And just keep, I just kept playing wrists and wrists. Oh, I like that one. Record. Yeah. And yeah, it's a very kind of, I don't know what the term is, but like you say, oh, how did you record that? You know, how did you come up with that bit? And it's just like, uh, I don't know, what was I playing again? Uh, da, mm. da, 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 da. And I was just like, oh, so yeah, I just played this. And I was yeah. like, oh. That works. Hit the yeah, it works. It's yeah. It, it, it's a play. Some some of my things they start as a placeholder, and I'll think I'll come back to that and I'll I'll write properly. It never ends up happening, but no. it's you know. And then you'll think it actually sounds all right, and I quite like it. It fits in with the rest of the ideas. It fits in with the rest of the track. Why change it if you like it? Why change it? Um. So what I know, obviously mentioned GGD uh, using Kemper from what I yeah, remember. Yeah, Kemper. Yeah. Is that the Rabia patches that you use? And all, and no, it's actually um, oh god, they are they are Kraken um, presets that I use on their profile, should I say? Um, but I don't believe that they are the Victory ones. Oh, they, are, they could be. Yeah, they are. They are. They are the Victory ones. Um, yeah, they are. The, the cleans are possibly tone junky. Yeah. Um, Maybe something it may just be from the rig exchange because I'm always on there looking for new things just to try out. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, the main sound comes from possibly it'd be Kraken Gain One um, and possibly a I want to I say a V30 or a Countess crank, yeah, for the cleans, yeah, yeah, because it's definitely um, got that uh, the crispness. Yeah, of the of, of the V thirty. There's uh, a Fender in there somewhere as well, um, which I can't remember. It could be a Twin Reverb profile. Um, I'm not sure who that's by, 
but that's definitely Somewhere. made an appearance in there. Someone, someone's done the, the hard work there, and I can't remember the name of them, so I am sorry. But yeah, if there's a slight small percentage of the fact that the, the person's listening, I, mean, I, I know I put that, <laughs> yeah. uh, some... I put presets up on there, but whether they're any good, I don't know. I can't fucking remember for the life of How has like, your gear story then evolved as you've gotten older? Because you're kind of, you know, you're not a big pedal board user. You're, you're very no. plug in, no. play, done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm quite odd when it comes to guitar gear because although i love reading about and watching the pedals and stuff like that you know the striming stuff and anything that boss do i love watching the videos and the demos of it and i thought i've, I've always thought oh i wish i could do stuff like that and, and, and use the pedals i'm really bad for wanting it to sound the same and i want to save my settings and i want to be able to recall anything that i do back from from a save so that instantly puts things like traditional amps um and pe pedal boards out the window you know because you can't save a preset on an amp unless it's a, like a line six or something like that yeah, yeah. which then it's not a valve proper amp um which is then why i went down the route initially uh when i started writing stuff uh this would be 2016 17 something like that i was using native instruments guitar rig as an amp yeah didn't own I've an amp used that before i used some little usb it wasn't even an interface. It was a USB sound card from the early 2000s. It yeah. was one end was this sort of thing. One of those sort of things. Uh, with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. an aux cable into my guitar and into the... Yeah, it was yeah, not the best solution, to be honest with you. But, I, I, uh, I was exactly there when I like I didn't have an amp for a while and I was like, okay, let's use this like guitar rig. And mm -hmm. I think my the cable I use is like a quarter inch jack and it had a USB, USB on the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. just using that and I was, God, it was awful. <laughs> the, the latency alone, you had to, you had to have it on like the lowest buffer size mm. um, and all that sort of business. But yeah, after that, I got a Boss Katana um, and that was great. It did everything um, that I needed it to do, um, but I just, I just got, I got to the point where I was like, I want more options. So although the katana is great, it was only the fifty watt model, so there was no effects loop on there. Um, which then I got into looking at pedal boards, and I did, I did do a pedal board at one point. It didn't last very long. <laughs> I ended up selling all the pedals and getting rid of it um, because, because of the fact that I had to go through the front of the amp. Um, for everything, which does make things harder. It's nice to have a loop because, you know, there's, there's more you can do with it. Yeah. Um, and the, the funny thing is I only got rid of the Katana probably a month ago. So I had it oh, for okay. a good number of years. Um, I mean, it spent the rest of its life as a bit of a prop for other things, to just to prop things up, which is sad, really. <laughs> but, it, you know, it was in the studio, it was in here, in the studio sort of thing, and it was, it was used, you know, very heavily for those few years that it was in my possession um but then after that i think i contacted you and i said is kemper worth it and you said definitely um so it was based on your advice that i purchased a kemper um stage board whatever it's called <laughs> i don't know what it's called and, uh, yeah and then i ended up moving to neural dsp <laughs> that's right yeah and then i thought oh god what, what's wrong with the kemper <laughs> it's, it's, that's the thing that i i've had like conversations on um forums before like oh why did you move from Kemper and 
I just not that I felt I did. There was nothing I disliked about the camper. I mean, the, some of the sounds I got it on like were just f- phenomenal. They were mm-hmm. the absolute dog's bollocks, as it were. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like that if I wanted to import a preset, I had to then like put the USB in, turn on my laptop. You know, kind of. That was the only limiting function for me and the the size of the screen. Because, like, you mm-hmm. know, if you were trying to tweak stuff on there, it was like, you know, yeah, get... it is a bit. Yeah, I know what you mean. Especially with the floor, the floor, because I've got the, the stage profiler, which is just like a, a, a pedal board. Yeah. Um, and that, that is, it can be a bit of a pain. Um, sometimes I do wish that I got the, the, the rack or, the, you know, the profiler that goes on the yeah. desk. Because um, I had the toaster one, and that was just bulky as hell. Yeah, I can imagine, but it, it probably it would have suited me quite well, I think, until the point where I wanted to change stuff with the pedals, um, which is why I got the, the profiler with with on the on the floor. So yeah, it was kind of that was the only really limiting factor I had to the Kemper, um, mm. and while I think it was while we were in the first lockdown after COVID. Or during COVID, after COVID, mm-hmm. there is there is no after COVID. No. <laughs> um, Neural DSP had the sale on the, you know, on the plugins, and I'd seen a lot of hype about them, and I, I'd already seen that the Quad Cortex. I think it was just announced at the the NAM the year before. I think mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, but I don't think there was actually any like no one could actually a, a play one yet or whatever. And I was like, okay, I, I like the idea of it. I like how it looks. And I was like, okay, let's see what Neural's about. Because I'd seen the videos that Rabir had done on, like, you know, yeah. the, the Nolly and NTS mm-hmm. and Nameless. And so I got the free trial to the Nolly one. That was the first one I started off with. And Rabir was like, oh, here's a preset I used for so and so. Try that. And so he set me a preset and I was like, oh, this is good. This yeah. is good. And I just, you know, when you kind of hit one of those, like a bend and you get that harmonic feedback. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, if I can get that natural harmonic feedback, I know something's half decent. Yeah. And then before I knew it, like two and a half hours had flown by. And I was just play, <laughs> yeah. playing around and I was like, ah, this is good. And then I looked into selling the like selling the Kemper, and then that was kind of how it happened for me. Do I wish I still had the Kemper? Kind of. Yeah. Um, because I had some really fucking good sounds on it, but I don't have anything bad to say. There was just things I would have made a little bit better in my yeah. opinion. I feel like the Kemper is is a bit sort of. It's almost like you got the Quad Cortex, which is quite user friendly. The, the, the Kemper feels almost like a development unit where you kind of need to know what you're doing. It's not immediately user friendly. You've got to learn how to use it and things like that. Yeah. Um. You can you can knock things on the Kemper and not know what you've done and your sound has changed. So you've got to, you do have to be careful sometimes with it. Whereas I think the Quad Cortex is not too many buttons on it it's it's a very easy display to understand i mean i don't own one and i can you know from from things that you've shown me i could i could understand how to use it 
Um, yeah. As well, the form factor of the of the, the QC is it's great because it fits into a bag, but you can also put it on a pedal board and you can gig it very easily. And it's not too small where you can't, you know, you're going to knock buttons and things like that when, you, when you're changing patches. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like, you know, when I was when I was gigging and I was using the camper, it was like taking up near enough like a full kind of like, you know, a, a over-the-shoulder style gym bag sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like just getting the the remote and then the actual camper toaster unit in there. There was no room then for like cables and it was just a little bit more of a, of a faff, whereas kind of like with the quad cortex i mean i must admit when i opened it when i got it i was like that's it yeah yeah i've just paid all this money and it's it's this <laughs> yeah because it's literally the size of like a macbook pro like a, a 15 yeah, yeah, 17 yeah. inch macbook pro and i was <laughs> just kind of like well this is kind of small yeah um and i remember when i got the camper at first and i was i was because the thing that made me want to get one was I knew Richard from Ramstein was using them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if he's, he's using them, and at the time, Ghost were using them before things changed with Ghost. And I know Metallica used them briefly, but then didn't. And I'd see more and more like big bands were getting them, Trivium, mm-hmm. etc. And I think ironically as well, it was about the point when Andertons did that Kemper, Can It Save Chappers yeah. video it was. Yeah. And I did the whole thing of, right, I'm going to, like, turn the screen off and I'm just going to use my ears and I'm just mm-hmm. going to listen. Yeah. And I was writing down what I thought that the um, Defender uh, bass breaker was. And I think it was a Mar- Marshall JCM and it was Defender? No, it wasn't Defender. Another fender. It was what was it? The JCM. There was the fender bass break, and there was something else. An orange, maybe. Might have been. I can't remember. Oh, that's gonna bug me. I, I remember yeah. the video. I don't, I don't remember the, the the amps though. Yeah. I can just remember that he was very impressed. Yeah, and then I was <laughs> just like, okay, this has got me sold. And then literally like a week after, there was one that come up second hand on like guitar, guitar, and I was like. Mm. yeah straight away uh it did take me a long time to sort of sink my teeth into it and then kind of really figure out what i was doing with it Mm -hmm. and then i like you know where you could put all the effects on you could choose like if you wanted to have an effect in like an effects loop as it were yeah 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 it was it wasn't as plug in and play as, no. as much as I, I was hoping and that's what I kind of like mm-hmm. yeah no I agree with you there it's nice to be able to get something straight out of the box and just, just play it straight away and not have to do any dialing in and things like that and you know software updates um, which it is you know the software updates it's the world that we live in as, as musicians now everything's going digital I mean a lot you know a lot. look how many bands there are now who are doing massive tours and they're using Things like Line Six Helix, Kempers, QCs. Yeah. It's not. You know, I need to get my my amp revalved. It's I need a software update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, thankfully, so far with. I mean, I've only done one gig so far, really, with mm. the Cortex, but it, it, you know, it, it didn't let me down. Yeah. Um, but we are now kind of 
playing along with the idea of running the whole band through it. Right. And then and then having it backstage um to like with the in-ear stuff and whatnot and then having the laptop that does a couple of the backing tracks for a couple of the songs and then like mm-hmm. doing all the, the patch changes because yeah. it'll do it. It will absolutely do it. Yeah, yeah. And um I was speaking to um Joe from GGD because he's got one and I was talking to Doug as well from Dark Glass and Neural about him. It's like oh it'll do it without breaking a sweat. But then obviously the the, the problem is then if the MacBook dies then That's everything it. Everything goes, yeah, yeah. And I've played too many gigs where the sound's completely gone and you're just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, so, what have you got going forward? What's on the horizons for you at the moment? At the moment, um, there's, the, 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 there's a project in the works, Black Mountain-wise. Um, I've, I've got... I've got a song in the bank that's a woman and armor a woman and are in whether to put it on in the project. Yeah, we're looking at either an EP, which would be the second EP that's that's that Black Man has done, um, or you know maybe taking a bit longer and doing a, a full length album, um, which would be great fun. But it's it's it all just comes down to time. You know everything's time these days. It's you know you're not free. I'm not as free as I used to be. Especially work-wise, um, and other other commitments, thing. other commitments as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd I'd love I'd love to do an album with it, and that is probably how it's going to turn out. Um, but at the moment, it's a little bit parked, just because of lack of time. Um, I hope to pick it up in the next couple of weeks because things are starting to I'm starting to emerge from, you know, night shifts and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's 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 where Black Mountain's at. There's, there's, there is work going on with it. There's tracks in the works. I've posted a couple on on the, the Instagram story for Black Mountain. Um, like I said, there's one in the bank that's that is ready to sort of go. Um, and obviously, we did I did the, the track with Alfie. Who do you think I am? Um, that came out on New Year's Day of this year. Um, so it'll be something. You know, the sound of it will be similar to that because that's the sound that that I'm chasing at the moment. Um, the, and then it's a very progressive. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, heavy, yeah, progressive. That's 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 probably the best way to put it. Um, but then the other projects, I've got another project which is, um, it's more sort of electronic music. Um, that's that's called Co. Um, and it's more focused on on your, your club sort of music, which is another another big part of my musical journey, if you will. Um, I got into to that sort of music a, a good few years back. Um, and it's sort of just stuck ever since. Um, there's nothing on that at the moment. Obviously, it's, it's in me. It's, it's on my on my Instagram. There's an uh, there's a, there's an Instagram page for it, Facebook page for it, and there's a YouTube account for it as well. Um, so that can be checked out. Um, and then the the most recent project, which is probably the most active, is called Everyday Afternoon, which is sort of me finding my voice um, vocally, which has been a new thing that I've been working on for, for, for probably about a year, um, doing little covers and letting no one listen to them because, you know, the first ones were pretty shit. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know how, if you've ever jumped in front of a mic and recorded yourself. Um, but you, 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 it's, it's a big, 
hurdle to get over um, showing someone. But once I got the approval of a few people and a few people that are harsh, um, it sort of cemented it and I thought, I could do this. I, you know, it's another little avenue that I can explore. You know, I've got, I'm writing original material for that. There's a couple of covers that are out at the moment on Spotify and all the other, you know, music platforms. Um, so you can check those out. Uh, but yeah, Black Mountain and, and Everyday Afternoon, they're the main focus at the moment. Um, because I, Same with like the whole of the vocal sort of thing. I like jumping in front of a mic and listening back to yourself. I did it not yeah. too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there was kind of there was nobody at home or anything like neighbours around. I was like, okay, no one can judge me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and annoyingly, like vocally, like I, I guess sound wise, I love Devin Townsend for for his vocals. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the songs that he does that I really like is Stormbending. I, I don't know if you if you've listened to that. It but... sounds familiar. I, I feel like I've heard the name before or seen yeah. it somewhere. Um, but there's a part kind of about halfway through it and he just absolutely lets rip with this like heated vote vocal mm. section and I was just when I first heard it I was just like damn and then I, like, I was just trying to do it and kept trying and kept trying and kept trying I was like I think I've got it mm-hmm. and then I just did I just could not have the power at all yeah yeah it's it's okay trying to get, say, if you're, tr- you know, get the sound. I think that's the easy part. It's the projection and the power. Oh, yeah, that's... 100%. The power is such a big thing. Um, and, it, you know, you can feel like you're putting 100% effort into it. And then you go for another take and you try something slightly different. You might stand up a bit more or you might, you know, put your chest a bit more forward or, or use your, you know, your... your your voice that comes from sort of your, your sternum, if you will, and you get so much more out of it. Um, it's just, it, it's, le- it's, 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 it's like learning. It is like learning an instrument. Um, yeah. Cause you're using your body as, as a, as a, an instrument and you're projecting your voice. It's like people, one of the lads that I'm, um, cause I'm in a local cover band and um, uh, I play drums in that. But one of the, one of the lads in that is he's ex army. So because he's had to shout, you know, across a, a square where they're all doing a parade and sort of stuff like that he knows how to project his voice so it's sort of one of them that it's just it's there um so it means that you can sing at, at the volume that you need to and with the right projection and the right sound um so that's yeah it's, it is it's a, definitely something that takes a long time to, to to master and i definitely haven't got it um but for the softer stuff i'm not i'm not i'm not far off so yeah we're not talking kind of um while she sleeps or like you know behemoth heated vocals we're talking no. more soft and subtle yeah yeah definitely more you're more sort of um indie sort of covers and stuff like that like that kind of music um because obviously again there's, there's another avenue that, of music that that i'm, I'm attached to I think uh, I'm probably going to kind of get shot down for, for this opinion, but I'm going to voice it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I can't stand him, Machine Gun Kelly, I think with what he's kind of doing at the moment, I've got a feeling that there's going to be a sort of a little bit of a a revival of the, the pop punk sort of sound. Yeah, and especially like you know with how music's gone now, especially like how with how mad 
the internet's gone with Stranger Things and, mm-hmm. and the music. On oh that. yeah, hundred percent. And I think you know stuff like you know it's like the the thrash and old school eighty stuff's going to make a comeback. But I think I think Machine Gun Kelly's influences are going to bring out a little bit more on that pop punk side of things. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really keep. He's, he's not for me. Um, it's not for music, me. It's, 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 it's not for me. Um, so I don't really keep up to date with it. But I've seen a few little clips here and there um, of things that he's done, and you know, I think in a way, the music scene, the, the global music scene, because a lot of the stuff these days, it's like, it's you know, let's drag an eighties beat in and 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 sort of have some more modern vocals on it. Um, I think it's good good for the, for the global music scene in that sense because they're bringing back you know the the, the pop punk sort of stuff and it's, it could it, it could turn into a revival of it um which I'd, I'd would love to see to be honest I think it'd yeah. be great uh, like part of me you know would love that to to kind of come back cuz yeah it's like in a like at the start of the podcast it's just in our youth and if it comes mm-hmm. back up it's just kind of be it actually kind of reminds me went to I went to go and see My Chemical Romance with my missus because it was a Christmas present for her. Yeah. And then it was it was just kind of like fucking hell. I remember singing all these when I was like fifteen. <laughs> yeah. And then like you looking around and then there's people that like there's kids that are like fifteen and sixteen and you're thinking oh Jesus Christ these weren't even born when I was listening to. Them. <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm a, obviously I'm a little bit older than you but uh, mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of like. Fuck, I got old. I yeah. got old quick. No, yeah, I mean, I've I've had a few moments recently with with, with with you know myself with that one, and like you know obviously you're slightly older than me, um, not not by much, but um, thank you. You know, it's it's one of, it's one of them <laughs> things. You, you, someone says something or mentions something that you thought about sort of fifteen years ago or ten years ago that you're into, and you think, God, you know, it's been that long um, since I was yeah. I was into it, and now you're into it, and it's it's gone uncool and become cool again. Um, yeah, it's like Master, think, Master of God. Puppets. You know, people, if you listen to Master of Puppets or Kate Bush, people look at you and go, fuck. Yeah. And then, like, now all of a sudden it's the in thing. Although, mm. I've got a friend of mine, he says he's not a hipster, but he is, because he's always one of these people. If he's listening to somebody and then all of a sudden they become big, he's like, oh, well, I was listening to them like six years ago, kind of, you know. Yeah. And it's like, he's always loved Kate Bush, and it's just like, I'm fed up of hearing it all the time now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, but it, I, this is this is what's great about things like Netflix and and the series that have a massive cult following is that you know if you, if your tunes get used in in them and people haven't listened to them for years, think think of think of what's coming in, what's rolling in for for the likes of Metallica and Kate Bush now. So many new fans, um, yeah. are, are discovering their stuff. And it must be great to see, especially like a song like "Running Up That Hill." Or, you know, it, it, how when's that had radio play? In, you know, on a mainstream radio station in the last 10, 15 years, it hasn't. Whereas now, you switch, you, you get in the car, you turn it on, it's on because it's, it was on Stranger yeah. Things, you know, the other week or whatever. Um, and that's another yes. thing is, is TikTok that influence influences you know music taste heavily. If you can get a song that that you know does well on TikTok. You can have a career. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't do TikTok because it's, it's, it's the only form of social media I don't really do. Mm. Um, but it's kind of weird how there's now going to be like that 
third generation gap of like, you know, my my parents grew up with, you know, grew up with Metallica and Iron Maiden or whatever, and then it's kind of going to be like now that there's, like, you know, kids, kids of kids of kids of kids or whatever that are now, you know, 11 years old. I just heard Master of Puppets for the first time for a TV yeah. show. And it's just like, oh, my God, who is this? Like, mm. you know, much like people like, I don't know, John Five or like like Rob Chapman or Rabia and, you know, when they first heard Master of Puppets, it's like, whoa, what is that? Yeah, yeah, change your life sort of moment. Yeah, and it's mad that it's, that it say it's gotten that revival like three decades on from after it's yeah it's, definitely it's, yeah it's, it, it's really it's really interesting to see how it's how it's played out with that um, especially the Kate Bush thing because I feel like that's that's been I don't know about you I mean from my perspective that's that's been the bigger one um, oh yeah you know it's all over Twitter and things like that. Um, and it's, it's like, impossible oh, to like go through reels on Instagram and you're looking through reels and. Every five minutes or whatever, there'll be another run, like somebody's got running up the hill in the background or a remix yeah. of it. It's just, it's impossible yeah. to get away from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, at the, like, I don't, I'm start that sentence again. You know in the podcast that guests ask questions for other guests. And the question that I have from you today actually comes from one of the the brainchilds of Tonepedia which if you've not heard about it you can catch it in the podcast yep yeah um but I will explain more in a moment bear with okay. me um and uh co-founder of the pedal boards of doing community on Facebook uh, Lee Ax- Lee Alexander um he wants to ask you about the EP that you're doing with Black Mountain. Uh, and he wants to know about um, what have you learned now that you're going to put into practice going forward with the rest of the projects and the rest of the songs? That's a great question, actually. Um, what have I learned? I've, so much. It's, since the first EP that I did with Black Mountain... Um, there's been so many things that now I go back to and it's almost hard to listen to because of the mistakes in the, in the production and the mixing and, and stuff like that. Um, I think the biggest one really for me is that, that I'm going to obviously apply to everything that I do now is mastering the actual audio. Um, because I mean, I thought it was mix it, check it, see if it's all right. Is there any problems? No, send it off. But there's such, there's so much more to it than that. Um, so yeah, mastering is a, is a huge thing that I focus on now and I'll spend weeks just, just on one bit trying to make sure that it's, it's popping in the right place and that we've got the right integrated loudness and all that sort of business. Um, there's a lot of technical information that I've, that I've read up about it and asked advice off plenty of people and look, you know, I've, I've invested in, in plugins for it. Um, so that's a huge thing. Um, and as well, you know, other, as regards to other things, is just not, not rushing things. I'm going to try and take a, a more relaxed approach to it to try and get something that sounds a bit more true. Um, 
not something that's just filling a space because there's time left. You know, it's only one minute 30. Well, we need an extra couple of minutes on it. So let's just noodle about and try and make something that sounds all right. Um, yeah, I think, I think those are the two main things is concentrating a lot on the mastering process. Um, and then, you know, taking my time with the writing process, maybe, maybe starting to do demos. We'll, we'll see how far we get with that one. Um, but I think I'm going to try and push myself to, to try and write in a more traditional way um, because I think I'll see the, the, the benefits to it if I do it that way. It's quite, yeah, it's quite a good insight to it because I guess, well, Ben is kind of looking over some of the tracks that I've been doing for my EP and like some of the, you know, when I did the, the first song, the difference from what I sent you to then what you sent back to me, it was like, hugely night and day and that, like, mm. I don't think I've even touched that song since to be honest because no. it's kind of <laughs> it's it's where I it's where I want it to be. Yeah. Um so question wise, um you are going to be asking um one of our hosts on the Fret Talk podcast. Um weirdly he's actually probably more local to you than he is to than he than I am to you because he lives in the Isle of Man, which Oh right, weirdly, okay, yeah yeah which is weirdly kind of closer to you than I'm closer to you than I, I yeah, would Yeah, that's yeah. You you could be right there actually. You could be I right. Might have to, I might have to check out the demographics or the distances <laughs> in that, but I, I have a feeling I might be I might be right. But you, I, you I could, could you right. could be right. You could be right there. Yeah, I'll give um, you that. I'll give you that for now. Unless until proven otherwise, I'll give you that. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to Google it after. <laughs> <laughs> Take that um, as a little win. Yeah, so you're going to be asking um, Matt Quine, who is one of our resident hosts on the podcast. Um, he is our resident uh, cynic, as I like to call him. Uh, very, I wouldn't say old-fashioned. He's the youngest boomer I know. It's probably okay. the one way I'm, I'm going to word it. That gives you a little insight to what he's like. So mm-hmm. uh, it's your turn to, or your opportunity to ask him something. Oh, I need I need to know what he's into. I need to know what. So he's... he plays in a like um, a cover band that does like you know so, like you know all the the generic kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But the band that he's in called is called the Ed Miller Band. All oh, right, is, okay, which, yeah, w- yeah. Which I think is a fantastic. That's name great. For, for That's really band. good. Yeah. Um, he um, he only likes guitar pedals with input jacks at the top. Okay. He uh, he likes fuzz. He likes the darkness. Uh, Foo Fighters. Um, yeah. He, he just think of me, but less heavy orientated. Okay. Okay. Um. Wow. Really on the spot here. Uh... Just be glad that you. I say originally you would have been asking it to uh, the head of neural DSP and dark glass. Oh God, yeah. Okay, well, I'll stick with this because that that scares me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay. Wait, right. So for fuzz, I think for me, fuzz has always been something that's I've never quite cracked it. Um, I've never quite got there with with the sound. So for live, um, the question is. How how do you go about making a getting a tone that integrates fuzz that isn't too spiky and isn't too harsh, but also cuts quite well? 
um, in the mix live, obviously, because you say that he's, he's in, a, in a band that performs live. Yeah. You know, dialing in your, ta- your, your tone for studio is completely different for, for getting it for live. Um, yeah, that, that's the question is, you know, how, how are you crafting that fuzz tone? Um, to to make make it not pierce the eardrums of yeah. your, your audience. I I've jotted that down, and um, when I interview him, I'll be interviewing him Friday. Today is Monday. I think I'm interviewing him Friday. I've got to wait okay. to get back to me. So um, yeah, I will ask him that because me as well. I'm a I'm a big lover of fuzz. However, mm-hmm. I feel like I use it completely differently. Um, to the way he uses it, I I yeah. don't I don't use fuzz live. He does. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, th- I think you've you've really got a you've got to know your tone if you're going to use it live, especially with fuzz, because it's quite a harsh sound, or it can be. Um. So if it goes wrong, it, it really does stick out. Yeah. Um. I rem- remember when um I was in our rehearsal space uh when not long after I joined Paramore GB. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "What's that pedal do? What's that pedal do? What's that pedal do?" Because you've seen what my pedal board's like. Yeah. And like, do yeah. you actually use all those? And uh, and I'm like, "Well, actually, yes, I do. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. Okay, I don't use them for Paramore. I use only probably like three or four of them. But because I'm always demoing stuff. Yeah. It's better just to leave it all. Yeah, you might as well just leave it all there rather than picking and choosing and, for um, certain things. I turned on the Cooper Sonic Germaniac. You know, obviously you know what that's oh, like yeah. for like the section in chalk teeth and whatnot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then of course it just went <laughs> like in, in the uh, you know coming out of the cab and they're like how do you even use that and then i literally played the and then just played the section in chalk teeth and we're like oh okay and they're like can you actually use it though and i was like you can yeah you know it's 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 weird, but mm. you can. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a weird pedal. I mean, just I I almost bought one. Do it a few a few years back. Um, yeah, I might, I might, I might. Um, I, but it's great I, for for just those sounds that are just so out there, especially that section in short T, because it just splits up that those two sections really nicely. It's, um, yeah, it's great. On one of the tracks that I've done for my EP is like all of the sounds on it are running are just from the pedal board and oh, that's wow. it. Um literally all I did was just hit an open string on I think it's just on the Chapman mm-hmm. and then I was literally sat on the floor just tweaking the knobs and just and just playing around with it. And like you can hear where the synth one fuzz yeah. and um the um the Cooper Sonic Sonic because you just hear it go just making a fucking like, racket. Uh, I'll I'll have to send it you after this because it's yeah, the sort of definitely. thing that like, you'll you'll listen to it and you'll go, that's dope. Yeah. Right, yeah. I can see I've got nine minutes left, so we're gonna fire through the last part of the okay. um, of the podcast. So mm-hmm. as you well know, I when I have the guests on the podcast, I ask them the same three questions. So we have a nice little bit of continuity um, coming across on the podcast. Um, so um, firstly, you're on a desert island rig. Desert island rig, yet yeah, no budget. You've got one pedal, one guitar, one amp. What are you taking with you? Amp, pedal, 
And what was it? Was the guitar? A guitar. Just, just, and the guitar. Yeah. Oh, God. And pedal the guitar. You take whatever you want. <sighs> um, right, okay. Um, amp is going to be Fender Twin Reverb. Yep. Because I've, I've, I've got some pretty heavy, even though it's a clean amp and the clean sound, <laughs> you're getting mauled. <laughs> even yeah, though the, getting mauled by a bear. Even though the clean sound on that is is proper clean, you can get some really nice saturated tones out of it. Sounds great. Um, I mean, I'd have, I'd have to have. Let's say if if, if budget is is no option, um, is no problem even. Um, we're gonna go Strymon, Big Sky. Possibly, yeah. Let's go for that, and then guitar. This is tough. This is really tough. I think it's gonna be. It. I'd, I mean, I go mental with it. I go for custom shop vintage. It just as, as as much as you can spend on a Telecaster that's got two humbuckers. Maybe if it's got a coil split as well, because then you're sort of covering all bases. That's a good shout. That's that's a that's a really good shout. I think you're the first person that we've had on the podcast since it started that's gone kind of custom shop. Mm. And picked um, a fender for the amp. I mean, I why not? If if money's no object and you're going to be there for a while, you want yeah. something nice, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. Say so you got no uh, volume to worry oh, about either. To be, to be... God, this has been the most interrupted podcast I think I we've know. ever done. If it's not technical problems, it's it, the dog uh, going nuts. Um, <laughs> it was I. Um, my neighbour pulled out a guitar out his loft, and it was just completely just like unplayable and I spent the entire day made it pretty much brand spanking new mm. uh, fret, fret leveled it and all these other bits and pieces mm. so he just bought me some beers so thank you oh that's good of him um, so um, so yeah right, custom yeah. shop telly yeah but if not I'll take that acoustic solutions guitar that we mentioned at the start I'll have a crack at that again we'll see how far we can get with that <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's also I think the first time somebody's gone for like pull back their very first guitar. Yeah. Uh, secondly, what are you listening to at the moment on your streaming platform? Um, I'm listening to quite a bit of Elbow, which is a bit of a weird one for me. Um, I saw them at Living Festival about a month ago, uh, which is the the biggest festival locally. Um, they had sort of the strokes and people like that on. I think they had Snow Patrol on and things like that. But I saw them live and they they are a good band. I never really ha- really looked into them before. But there's quite a few songs that I've that I've listened to and, and I've added them to my playlist. Um, so that yeah, they're great. Um, John Bellion, he's sort of a, a hip hop sort of R and B sort of guy. Um, he does does rapping as well as well as like singing. He's a phenomenal singer and a fantastic producer. I don't know if you've heard of him. I haven't. No. No. He's he's written a lot. He's he, these days he he writes um, and sort of sells his tracks to people like Justin Bieber and and you know the big names, uh, the really okay, big yeah. names. But his production is unbelievable. Um, yeah, and who else? Who else is there? I must be missing someone somewhere. I'm getting back into Green Day again. I've got to say, I re- I am. I'm listening to him again. I had, a, I had a, I've had a few years off from them because I listened to him for about two years straight um, during college. Um, but yeah, they've been creeping back in. Um, but that's that's you know that that could change tomorrow. We might have a totally different lineup tomorrow. Um, it could become something completely different. 
awesome. Uh, and lastly, where can people find out more about you? Oh, God. Um, Instagram's probably my best. Um, you're probably best going through the Black Mountain Instagram because that'll have all the up-to-date information regarding that, which is just Black Mountain Official on Instagram. Um, I do have a website, but there was a problem with that, so we had to take that down. You can also find it on Black Mountain Facebook page. It's there. I'm sure that if I send you a link, you'll be able to bob it in the description or something like that. Yeah, all the links will be in the relative description boxes for people to check out. But And then as long as the other projects as well, I'm sure that I can, I can send them over and, and they'll be in there too. So if there's something for everyone in there, definitely. Yeah, you you counter for everybody's uh, need, I think, pretty much. Yeah. Well, Ben, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this thank Monday you, evening. It's been nice to get back into the swing of podcasting for the first time since, I, to be honest, I can't remember the last time I shot an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for taking the uh, the time, even though it has been horrendously interrupted. We'll yeah, because well, it was good company. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Uh, on behalf of the Guitar Geeks podcast, I wish you all the best of luck with the upcoming projects and the releases. I'm sure they're going to be smashing. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> uh, we don't need to hope they will be. <laughs> thank you. That's very kind, mate. Very kind. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening along to the Guitar Geeks podcast. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever you may listen to your podcast, make sure you're following us and keep up to date for the newest episodes. Make sure you check out the Instagram for exclusive content of the podcast and have your chance to ask the guests the questions as well. So once again, Ben, thank you very much for spending this time with me. Very welcome. And uh, every, to everybody else on the podcast, we shall see you all again very soon. Bye-bye for now.